So we are continuing in our study uh, of First Peter. Yes. We're going through the five chapters. It's a book. We've, we've been saying it's, it's called a book, but it's a letter that was written uh, to the early churches by the Apostle Peter. How many of you are enjoying going through a, one, book. a, a book, yeah, you yeah. say? You know, it's so important uh, that we read the Bible in its entirety. Yes. You know, not in bits and pieces, uh, but in completion of a book. Because you can only, it's like, otherwise, if you just, we cannot be people that just know a Bible verse here and there. And, we, you know, we posted it on our social media and we feel like, yeah, I know God. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we read an entire book, we get the context. And the Bible has 66 books to it. When you read the whole context, of course, you understand the storyline better, and there is one continuous story to the Bible. Amen. Uh, without that, you, it just loses context. It's like tuning into a movie, flick it on, it's halfway through, and you're like looking at what's going on, and who's this, and why are they here, and what's happening, and you, you lose the whole understanding of mm -hmm. the story. You're trying to figure out... What this scene is about, the scene might be good. You might be like, oh, I like that. That was interesting. But I have no idea what the whole plot of the story is. And so the Bible has one continuous storyline. And there is mystery to the Bible. Um, and so you do have to read through, and you, have to, you need the help of the Holy Spirit yes. to even begin to understand the whole storyline. And it's going to obviously tell us truth. This book is a book of truth. Yes. It's going to explain to you the meaning of life, the meaning of your life. It's going to help you look out at the world and understand what's going on in the world because there's a lot of confusion in, in the world, is there not? And it's also going to tell you why you're here and where you're headed, where this whole world is headed. Yeah. And that's pretty meaningful. And if we are people, and we are people that are called to live by faith, we're called to be overcomers, yes. uh, living in a fallen world. The scripture says we are sojourners. We saw that in Peter, that we're temporary residents living in, in a, a strange land, land <laughs> yeah. if you will, a foreign land, because heaven is our home. That's our ultimate destination. But we have to have our mind and heart shaped by a biblical worldview, or we're not going to make it through this life right. correctly. We're, we're going to stumble. And we're going to get off track. And it's becoming more and more important as the days go by. In the Bible, it's a prophetic book. Come on. If you, under, if you want to understand what's going on today, you look out at the world, you want to understand, you know, about the future, then we need to open up the, the words to this book, read the Bible, because mm -hmm. it's filled with prophetic words. It's not only prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, there are prophecies hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus arrived on the scene. Um, but it contains prophecies about the end of the age yes. and about eternity. And this is pretty important, I would say, <laughs> because it speaks really. People, you know, I think to myself, people go to, people want to know the future. That's why they seek out mediums. They seek out psychics. Tarot car readings, crystals, people do drugs. You know, they're wondering, what does my future hold? They're searching. They're wanting to understand life, mm -hmm. right? Well, God's planted this sense of eternity on the inside of every person. Amen. That's right. why you and I want to know, like, 
what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, if you open up the Bible and you begin to read the Holy Spirit, if you read it in faith mm -hmm. and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and I'd recommend you start in the New Testament if this is all new to you. <laughs> yeah, because you might not have time to finish <laughs> the whole book before... But it's going to speak to you if you will open up the Bible in sincerity and honesty and in faith and say, okay, God, if you're real, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher of the church, show me. He will begin to reveal yes. who you are, your life. He'll, he'll begin to teach you about relationships, about the world, and where all this is headed. And that's whenever life begins to make sense. Yeah. This is why we're lovers of God's word. And in First Peter, it tells us to be that we should desire the sincere milk of the word, that we would grow up into our salvation. Come There's on. no other way to grow in, in your walk with God without becoming knowledgeable Amen. about this word. So we can't overestimate this enough. We can't talk about it enough. That's right. And encourage you enough to say, get in the word of God. Get yourself a Bible or get yourself, you know, if you like electronics, do it on electronics. Yeah. Um, but I would also recommend you to have a paper Bible, something that you can hold on to. Uh, there might come a time when your electronics are shut off. No, that's true. Yeah. And so, or they take it off yeah. of their uh, system. Yeah. So I'm encouraging you to get a, a paper Bible. Yeah. And when, when God, yeah, when God speaks to you, it would be good to highlight things. In there, so that yeah, I've got all kinds of chicken scratch in my Bible. <laughs> when I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling you something, you want to remember those things. And you're journaling. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! And so the Bible, as we get into First Peter, this we're going to get into chapter two. You know, it is one continual story. First Peter is just one book in the New Testament, mm -hmm. but there's one epic, if you will, grand narrative to this. Ah, yeah. And when you begin to read it, you find your, the story of your life fits in. It's, it's astonishing, really. Supernatural book. It's a divinely inspired book, yes. And God wants you to know your purpose and the meaning of your life. And, of course, it's about walking in obedience and submission to him. That's, that's going to be the word for this message today. Yeah. Submission as a witness. That's what uh, the Apostle Peter is talking about as we get into uh, this word. So let's, let's, I'm yeah, going to pray, pray one more time. Yeah. because. The other thing I want to pray about is just the things happening in our world around us. Evil manifesting. Yeah, this is, I, I, for me, it's been a kind of a difficult week with that school shooting and just trying to put yourself in the shoes of some of these people, you know, with their, their children gone. Their moms, and yeah. the, the, the woman, the teacher who died and then her husband goes to her grave site and goes home and dies of a massive heart attack and has four children left behind. And I think these are disturbing days. You know, these are troubling days that we live in. And uh, so, Father, we, we come in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we are, we are grateful, Father. Yes, we are. And we have this opportunity to approach your word, that we have the living word of God in front of us. And Holy Spirit, you live on the inside of every believer comforting us, teaching us, guiding us into truth. And, oh, Lord, our nation needs your help. Yes. Our yeah. nation has just, has just gone astray. It's, it's, Forgive it's, our nation. Yes, Lord, has left you behind. And, Father, I believe that this is why there's just lawlessness is increasing as the days go by. And so we pray, Father, for our nation. 
I pray for an awakening in our nation. Because Jesus, you're the only hope for this nation. The people that our lives would be turned to you, that we would submit ourselves to you. You are the Lord and King of all, creator of all, Lord of all. Yes. You reign over all. And Father, I pray that every knee would bow to you. Right Lord, and in that submission, we would find our freedom. Yes. We would understand finally what this is all about. That You came to give us life. You came to give us life abundantly. And it's the, it's the thief, Satan, Who's who came to steal, kill, and to destroy. You came to give us life. And I pray, Father, that the hearts of the people in here today, that our hearts would be turned towards you, that we would hear words of life yes. as we listen to just what, what Scripture has to say to us this morning. So teach us, Holy Spirit, and help us, Lord, to walk in greater submission to you and enjoy yes. what that will be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's turn to First Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at... Uh, Verses uh, 11 through 25, 1 Peter chapter 2, like Pastor Mamie says, we're uh, titled this submission as a witness, being submitted as a witness. We're going to start in verse 11, follow along, it should be on the screen, it's up on the screen. No, no, no. we don't. Mm -mm. This long one is not up on the screen, but that's a good start anyhow. That'll be next. Yeah, I'll go there next. We're going to read this. Yeah. We're going to read this, and then we're going to break it apart best we can. And we just have our, our spiritual ears open, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, beloved, I love that. Beloved, this is what God is calling us. Beloved, I implore you as strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from evil desires and passions of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourself properly and honorably among the Gentiles so that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet they may, by your witnessing your good deeds, come to glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, be submissive to every human institution for the sake of the Lord, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or governors as sent by him to bring punishment to those who do wrong and to encourage those who do good service for it was God's will that your good and honest lives should silence the ignorant charges of foolish people live as free people yet without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness but live at all times as servants of God show respect to all men Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, servants, be submissive to your masters with all proper respect, not only to those good and gentle, but those who are harsh. For one is regarded favorably if, in the sight of God, he endures the pain of unjust suffering. Yes. That's right. Verse 20. After all, what kind of glory is there in it if when you do wrong and are punished for it, you take it patiently? But if you bear patiently with suffering when you do right, it's acceptable and pleasing to God. For even to this you were called. Yeah, for Christ right. also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his footsteps. He was guilty of no sin, mm -hmm. and neither was deceit ever found on his lips. 
when he was reviled and insulted, he didn't revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Hallelujah. He personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. For you were going astray like so many sheep, but now you've come back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Hallelujah. Strong word. Strong word Strong is right. Word. Let's look at uh, 1 Peter 2.13. We're going to have that on PowerPoint. A difficult subject matter. It is, but we're going <laughs> to unpack it here. We're going to unpack it. Uh, Peter's writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit how to respond to unjust persecution. Now, Christians at uh, Peter's time were being falsely accused of insurrection against the government and a host of other unjust uh, accusations, for sure. And Peter uses the word submission on a way to respond. There he is, verse 13. Therefore, be submissive to every human institution for the sake of the Lord. For the sake of the Lord whether it be to the emperor as supreme or governors sent by him to bring punishment to those who do wrong and to encourage those who do good service. Now, honestly, the submission isn't everybody's favorite subject, is it? <laughs> Especially here in America. Uh, here in America, it's like, submit to who? No way. That's the American culture, and we cannot allow that to seep into our hearts as we are called to a different kingdom. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're foreigners here. We are aliens to this planet. Amen? Uh, now, the idea of, of submission in general, that always carries a negative uh, connotation to it, uh, a, 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 a bend-your-back uh, type of reaction and for good reason, because biblical calls for submission have been abused poorly and just terribly for abuse of women, slaves, uh, you know, elderly, uh, the poor, which was just completely contrary to, to Scripture. That's not what the Holy Spirit is saying here. He's not saying just to lay down and, and just take it. Uh, Peter addresses how Christians are to respond to the Roman government in light of that persecution, the suffering, the harassment, and the unjust persecution. Uh, listen, we all know that uh, when we feel wronged, uh, mistreated, accused unjustly, uh, we, at times, it's, isn't it really easy to let your flesh rile up and you're, you're ready to come back and, you know, not just defend yourself, but try to attack the other person. You know, that's, we can't, that's what we talked about here. It said, don't let your flesh carry you off into sinful ways because that wages war against your soul. And we want to fight back. We want to bring our own justice to bear, don't we? <laughs> and because it, it can bring up all kinds of stuff. And we can find ourselves, before we know, anger taking over us and pride taking over us. And then we want to bring our own ju uh, justice in. It's okay for us because they were wrong. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, listen, we're seeing the whole gamut of this right now, aren't we? The, the human flesh rising up and attacking, burning down portions of cities, destroying businesses. We see violent protests now. The shootings that we're seeing, right? It's just, it's, it's horrible. But what it is, is that, I'll bring this up, even the cancel culture is really a lower form of that. You start that, then it's easier for you to go the next step, the next step, next step. Because the whole culture, the God of this world, is driving people to move a little closer to that carnality and that flesh reaction. But is this the way for a Christian to respond to this stuff? By violently protesting? Is that how we're going to change things? No. It's, the answer is no. We, that's not for us. Right. We just read what we're supposed to do. But we're going to yeah. clarify that coming up. Because yeah, this is difficult. This is, this is a difficult subject, I believe, because I mean, obviously when you're mistreated, it's like, well, you're saying to do nothing? And we're not talking about, we're going to get into some of that too, but because sometimes, like you said, people have been unjustly treated. Absolutely. There has been a history of unjust treatment. Right. But how do we respond? And I think this is, this is what Peter is saying, First Peter 2, 11, beloved, I implore you as strangers, here we go again, you know, and exiles in this world. He's like, you're not, this world is not our home. We belong to a different kingdom. So we respond from a different perspective. Right. You know, to abstain from the evil desires and passions of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Mm -hmm. So again, he's saying, you're a sojourner here. You're from a different kingdom. Your reaction has to look like that kingdom. Amen. When you're mistreated, our loyalty first is to God and his ways. In his nature, we don't just let the passions of our flesh dictate, well, you did this to me, I do that to you. Mm -hmm. And really looking out at the world every day, we're witnessing the passions of the flesh waging war. They're out of control. Right. I mean, just to get what it desires, it'll just, we see it everywhere, just lies, anger, hatred, pride, slander, greed, shootings, just all these things. The passions of the flesh yes. are just letting loose. And there's just all these controversial issues going on, these culture wars, they call them, around all the, many of these things revolve around what we believe. Right. Gay marriage, you know, gender identity, what, what the whole, the white, this white privilege, LGBTQ issues, abortion issues. Mm -hmm. Wait till that's, wait till that is decided. The day that's decided, you know, we need to be praying for how, Society responds when yes. the Supreme Court comes down with that decision. But when people feel unjustly treated these days, they are ready literally to wage war. We just saw that in this school shooting. That young 18-year-old boy felt unjustly treated, according to his social media site, just looking at his background, looking at his responses to being bullied and whatnot. And so Peter, this is so important for us, Peter is saying... We need to respond, but we need to respond first in loyalty to our God yes. and how he would want us to respond. And so he's saying like when the government or when people are hostile to you, they're telling lies about you, they reject what you believe. Look, verse 12, it says, conduct yourselves properly and honorably among yeah. the Gentiles 
so that although they may slander you as an evildoer, yet they may by witnessing what? Your, Your good, good deeds, deeds come to glorify God in the day of visitation. So this is tough. In spite of the hostility around us, Peter is saying, you need to live honorably you know, and properly among the unbelieving people around you. So yeah. let's put it in our everyday life, our unbelieving neighbors, our unbelieving co-workers, you know, the people that we rub elbows with. We need to be willing to talk. For one thing, we've, people have forgotten how to just come together and discuss. Right. They don't even want to do that. In a that civil manner, willing to talk things out. We can't be people that just quick to walk away, cancel, I'm done with you. That's not the way of God. It says the wisdom from above is, first of all, entreatable. In, like we need to be able to sit and talk about, even through our differences, and it's going to be a witness to the world yes. of who we follow. Like if we treat people with kindness and understanding, and even, even just the things that we do with our neighbors, like opening your home to be kind to people, help people out. Our lives become a witness then to the world of who we serve. And it honors him. It shows that we, we if, if verse 15, it says, for it's God's will that your good and honest lives should, what, silence the ignorant charges of foolish people. So we overcome evil with good is the nature of the Christian walk. Yeah, we are overcoming evil and our evil around us with good. And it silences the charges of foolish people because they can't really, they might hate you, but they really can't find anything to pin on you because... You're a good person. Like, yeah. I just don't like them. Why? I don't know. But you know, but I can't really say that they're they're they can't really say that that you slander like they slander. Right. So when people disagree with us and they don't like us for what I believe, you know, a a, a cocky, sarcastic answer back like what they're doing is not not our way. It's not the way of the Father. It says, "For your good and honest lives should silence the ignorant charges." So it's a reflection when we live this way, when we respond this way, we're honoring Christ. Yes. It's a reflection of him. It's, li- it's really living proof that you all are not of this world. You know? <laughs> like, why don't you respond the way they respond? And verse 16 says, live as free people. There we go. Yet without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness. Yeah, but live at all times as servants of God. So my freedom, like we, ha- we are free People, like Jason brought that up as he was hosting this morning. You know, I'm, I'm free from my sin, yes. from my past, from my shame. I'm a new creation in Christ. Glory. But it doesn't mean that I just get to live the way and act the way I want to do it. I'm actually free to come under the lordship of Jesus now. And this is big. This is big. This is really where we find our freedom. Come on. And it seems like an oxymoron, you know. It's like, wait, I'm, <laughs> I'm free right. to submit. It doesn't seem like it fits together. But in the kingdom of God. It's an upside-down kingdom. It's, yeah. And it actually is the door to blessings in our life. We tend to think, 
oh, it's going to cramp me, my style. But no, we're going to see just as we go on here, it actually opens the door when we do it God's way to freedom in our life as a child of God living under his lordship. Let me, so uh, you and I are to be like the best citizens well, yeah, that we can be. It's true, but I just write this down in your notes. It's Proverbs 16, verse 32. Proverbs 16, 32 says this, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than one who captures a city. Holding your tongue, coming back and not attacking like they attack. Our kingdom just says you're, you're greater than somebody who conquers a city. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. This is how God views it. This is how he views it. And so, therefore, because he's our God, this is how we should view it. That was Proverbs 16, 32. It's a powerful witness to an unbelieving world. Now, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 4. Like Pastor Mamie says, you and I are to be the best citizens we possibly can be. You know, obey the law of the land as faithful as we can. uh, To be an, uh, an example of a, of a true citizen and a true patriot of our country. That doesn't mean that we do whatever the government says is good and right. I want you to hear that again. It doesn't mean that we do whatever our government says is right. We're from a different country. We're from a heavenly country. This earth is not our home. And we see the government, you know, in this last COVID thing, closing down churches. They wanted to close churches down. In California, they said, you cannot sing and worship God. Mandates of masks and shots. uh, But churches stood up to it. They said, no, no, no. We are essential. Worship is essential. This is our God. We are going to obey our God, our our Lord, Jesus Christ. We are going to do that. Listen, if the government sets itself up against the God of the universe in tyrannical ways, we're seeing it, then we resist and do what the apostles did. Acts chapter 4, are you there? Acts chapter 4, I want you to turn to verse 18. Acts chapter 4, Jesus... Our Peter and, and John had just walked into uh, the, the temple going through the beautiful gate, and there was a crippled man there who was 40 years old, never walked. Uh, Peter and John laid their hands on him, spoke to them, says, get up in the name of Jesus. He's dancing and going into the temple. It created quite a stir. And so the leaders of the synagogue uh, comes, and this is the very end of that uh, that conference or that meeting, that, that judgment that they made against Peter and John. And they, that's the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the leaders of the synagogue, which would be the ruling group, they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God, to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot help but declare what we've seen and heard. 
Now turn the page over to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, more healings occurred. Demons are being cast out of people. A great freedom that we're talking about is occurring right there. And then what happens is the rulers of the synagogue call them in again. And then verse 28, 528. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? Yet now you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring on us this man's blood. And Peter and the other apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. Now let me give you some examples of, of godly resistance to governments. From history. Yeah. From history, yes. Uh, anybody remember William Wilberforce? Okay. He's a Christian man. He resisted the slave economy in Britain. He used all his money, his energy, his time to break that down, and he eventually was very successful. Uh, anybody know Harriet Tubman? Yes, very good. She's a Christian. She was a runaway slave, but she subversively worked uh, the Underground Railroad, breaking dozens of laws to do what was right in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Anybody know Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Dietrich Bonhoeffer gave his life fighting uh, the Nazis. In, uh, sub he was also uh, trying to subvert uh, the, the leadership. He was allowed to be in that leadership with uh, Adolf Hitler. and He, he's, he suffered under uh, his crazy program, eugenics program. Uh, he gave his life fighting against it. He at one time tried to assassinate Hitler, and that failed. Anybody know Dr. Martin Luther King? Yeah, a Christian. He set up peaceful protests, sit-ins, citizens, all yeah. sit-ins, you know, hippie stuff, sit-ins. Remember that stuff? <laughs> no, you don't, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was us. <laughs> sit-ins, sit-ins all over the world, you know, and what's he doing? He, he's in defiance of tyranny. Hello. These are examples. This is what Christians should be doing. When it, it's a Christian's role, really, to, to fight against a government that is godless. Do you understand I'm talking about peaceful protesting. Because when you peacefully protest against a government that is godless, and we, we live in that country right now, it is a godless government that we have. We have some men and women fighting for righteousness. But when you and I protest in a peaceful way, it's a prophetic voice to a generation. You know, we, we see Peter telling the, the church to submit to the rulers, and then we see Peter himself saying, yeah, i got to obey God rather than man. It, it seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? But it's not. You, we have to be, the, the Holy Spirit is telling us that we have to be submitting to the government the best we can for as long as we can, and then there will be a time when we cannot. And that day, when it comes, you got to be ready. 
you got to be ready to say in an honorable way, in a respectful way, that you've crossed the boundary. This is not right. And then we're to resist. We're to resist. I want you to understand, men, you're to protect your family at all cost. Not only are we providers for our family, we are also the ones who protect our family. In Luke chapter 22, that's just the time of the Last Supper he's talking about in there. And listen to this, and I'm going to bring it into today. Jesus is asking his disciples, he said, when I sent you out two by two, remember that? He sent them out, and they came back and said, oh, my gosh, even the demons are submitted to us in your name, Lord. And miracles and healings, we're saying, the kingdom of God, they sent them out. Then Jesus went to those towns afterwards. And this is what he's talking about. He says, when I sent you out without a purse or bag or sandal, did you lack anything? Their answer was no, nothing. We didn't lack anything. But here's what Jesus tells them then. He says to them, but now, now, let him who has a purse take it and also a bag. And let him who has no sword sell his garment and buy one. We don't use swords today, do we? We use guns. We use guns. And listen, we saw some unrighteous things happen. If somebody was there with a gun, some honorable man or woman was there with a gun, you could have stopped it. Taking guns away from people is not going to stop this violence. You know why? Because it's a heart issue. Jason was talking about a heart issue before. It's not guns. I've had guns a long time. You know, they just don't get up and shoot people. (laughs) Even if it's fully loaded, guns don't get up and shoot people. People do. But he's telling us something here. Jesus is telling us something. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and get one. He's putting that upon the men and women. I know women shoot. She's a good shot. (laughs) But here's the key. They're going to attack us no matter what. And I'm not saying, I'm telling you, if they're going to use weapons against you, you should... Stand up and take a weapon and defend yourself and your family. Do you understand that? (laughs) The way this country's going, there might be a foreign government coming in and attacking this place. You better defend yourself. You better defend your family. Do you understand? Do you understand? But now, right now, the battle plan is to be the best citizens we possibly can be. (laughs) We're allowed to have guns. But we're going to first be peaceable in our protests. We're going to be honorable. We are going to be patriots to this country. For now, we're being accused of all sorts of stuff, aren't we? And just like what Pastor Mamie was saying is that they're going to accuse you for anything. And then by your good behavior, they're going to say, they don't even know why they're mad at you, but I'll tell you why. 
because it's the spirit of Christ in you. Yeah. That's right. what it is. It's yeah. the spirit of Christ in you. They're going to accuse you of being homophobic. They're going to be mad at you because you don't throw your babies in the trash can. They're going to be mad at you because you won't, aren't willing to share your wedding bed. They're going to do all sorts of things to get at us. But by our good and honorable lives, we'll make them look foolish. Yeah. And that scripture says, foolish in the day of visitation. That's talking about when Jesus comes back and judges them. And by our reaction and our peaceable, honorable response to it, they're going to eventually see, oh, my God, that was Jesus talking to me. Day of the visitation, it was Christ in you. You were, you were Christ in their life at that moment. Yeah. Right. You were the living Jesus at that moment in their life. And they're going to be ashamed. Because it says this in verse 15, it says, For such is the will of God that by doing right you silence the ignorance of foolish people. You know what? He's calling us to submission. Submission is not being powerless. It's not being weak. It takes power and authority to do that. Because when you and I, listen carefully, when you and I live out the words of Scripture, you're a prophetic voice to this nation, to the world. So this, this um, subject, we only have a few minutes left oh, to just kind man. of... But the, the definition of submission, this Greek word, it means you do this voluntarily. It's voluntarily putting yourself under or being subject subject to another. So it's not a matter of when I submit, I'm inferior or I'm becoming a doormat. It, there's a will. It's like obedience. Come I'm on. submitting in obedience to what the Word of God says. Or even, you know, when we work mm -hmm. together in a family, it says that we should be, there should be a mutual kind of submission. It's yes. similar to obedience, but it has this sense of willingness to it. I mean, how many of you know that you can tell your child, go over there and sit on the couch, and they can walk over there and sit down, but like on the inside, they're the old saying, they're standing up. It's like, <laughs> I don't like this. I might look like I'm obeying, but I'm not into it. That's not submission. Amen. You know, submission has this cooperativeness to yes. it. Even if you disagree, you're willing for the sake of cooperation and unity to submit. And yeah. God set this up in the whole universe. That's true. He designed the whole universe with, this, with the power of submission in it. It was all meant to work in unified submission. Yes, everything. And in, in it, there was a beauty. Think about it until Satan came in with a division, if you will, you know, with mm -hmm. Adam and Eve, brought chaos into that perfect order. And now we see what the world looks like outside of submission to the perfect, beautiful will of God. Yes. And so Jesus, we see this all through the Bible when you stop and think about it. He, the beauty of bringing, uh, taking chaos, what Satan did, and bringing beauty back to it. But it took submission to do yeah. it. He submitted himself to the Father's will. Was that easy? No. <laughs> Was the cross easy? No. No. But it did bring, because it said he stooped so low, it brought redemption. It brought blessing. Amen. To all of humanity. 
I mean, and it's built into the kingdom of God, this whole thing of submission. All things, I'm just going to read a few things. All things are subject to Christ. Yes. You see that in scripture, right? It says angels and spiritual powers. He's put all things in subjection under his feet. And one day every knee yes. bowed to him in subjection. I mean, Jesus submitted himself to his parents. Right. We see g demons are subject they were subject to the disciples in Jesus' name. Yes. The 70 returned with joy and said, you know, the demons are subject to us yes. in your name. The church in Ephesians 1 is, says is subject to Christ Amen. as the head. Wives are to be subject to their own husbands unto the Lord. Children are to be subject parents, mm -hmm. right? People are to be subject to governing authorities. We're reading about this today. Mm -hmm. Romans 13 says every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by him. Mm -hmm. So God is interested in, in submission working its way towards unity and beauty and actual freedom then. Yes. Ministry workers, it says in Hebrews and other places, are to be uh, subject and in submission to spiritual leaders in the church, be subject in the work of ministry. Younger believers are to be subject to elders, one to another. Yes. Scripture says we are to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. And then, of course, just us personally to God. Submit yourself to God, it says in James. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Yes. So this is why it's so important that when we study this subject of submission, we, we open up our heart to see that the whole kingdom is built around submission. And there's a powerful blessing that comes to us when we learn and we actually take joy in it. We don't resist it. We look at it for what it is, and we, we, we ask the Lord, help me right. to understand how to walk in submission to you. Because when I walk in submission to the Lord, it certainly gets a lot easier to walk in submission in the marriage relationship and then walk in submission with my coworkers and in other relationships. Because I put myself under his authority. That's correct. Then the Spirit of God can work through me with Hallelujah. the mind of Christ yes. to make that all work. And so there's just there's over 36 times or so that submission is mentioned in Scripture. Yeah. It's, well, you want to go to verse, should we finish mm -hmm. off here in verse 21? Do you think we can have time? <laughs> we could go well, all day, maybe I'm sorry. We should just, <laughs> yeah. Let's just, maybe we'll, yeah, we'll 11.43. We'll catch it We'll later. close it up and start yeah, in here next that's, week. That's what know. I think, because then we're going to spend time on yeah. verse 24, a lot of time on that. But too, we all so. have something someone, you know, that holds a measure of authority in our lives. Right. Whether it's parents, whether it's employers, whether we're coming under the authority of the law of the land, government, church, all of it requires us to submit right. a willingness to comply with, with the rules, if you will. And when we do this under the headship of the Lord... Yes. There's blessing that opens up in our lives. It takes time to learn it. Yeah. It takes time to learn this. But when we do what's right, even in the face of wrong, that's when we're honoring God. It's easy to do what's right when everything, everybody's in agreement. But when things are coming against you wrong and you look at it from the Lord's viewpoint, that's when there's blessing. 
Yes. We, we have this up on the screen as we close. We were going to fit this into our notes, but... This is powerful. You know, sometimes I think when we're born again, you know, we... We inherit so right. much in Christ, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're made new creations, and all things have passed away. All Golly things dude. are new. All things are of God, and that's great, and it's wonderful. And we stand upright, and we should be unashamed in the presence Amen. of God. And yet, I believe as we walk with God, the evolution of our Christian life is going to slowly take us more and more into submission. To our knees of glory, yes. To honor him to serve other people. It takes a bowing down and it takes a willingness. The Lord will never make you do this. Right. He is a perfect gentleman. But our evolution as a Christian is to slowly, slowly make our way down in worship, bowing our knee to honor him in all that we do, submitting ourselves to him and then submitting ourselves to one another in love. And so... That's the key. The first thing is to submit yourself to Jesus. He is so good. He's the only one that can take your sins away. Other than that, you're stuck with him. Stuck I mean, he, he loves you so much that he willingly went to be tortured on the cross. And then just like he said, he spent three days in the belly of the earth. What do you think was happening down there? I don't even want to know. This is so great of a salvation he's offering you right here, right now. He submitted himself, think about it, into take a torturous dying on the cross, paying the penalty for your sin and my sin. And then he offers, willingly offers life for those who will say, I'll, I want to receive that forgiveness. But it also involves a surrender. When you give your life to Christ, you are surrendering your life. Submitting to the Submitting Lord. to him. And he is but, Lord. That means the, he's Lord. He's Lord. It's what he says you lose your life to find life. Anybody in here ready to give and submit? Lose your life to find true life. Have your sins completely forgiven. And then you can walk in newness of life. Anyone here? Just raise your hand up so I can see it. Anyone? You know, it's the grace of God. Your heart is beating right now. You don't know when that'll stop. It's the grace of God that you could actually breathe and stay alive. It's the grace of God. But you don't know when that'll stop. And because he says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. You don't, you don't, you're not promised tomorrow. You're not. But those who are believers are promised long life. But he's talking about eternity with him. But on this earth, you don't know when your last breath is going to be. Let's get right with God. Anyone at all.